This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 128. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host to the Bigger Pockets Podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, Brandon? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, it's been fun having you here. Thanks. Fun uh, adventure. I'm leaving you in like two hours. Going back home. You are. You are. You are. Yeah, but we got to do this cool team building thing while you were here. This uh, the insane inflatable 5K was yeah. lots of fun to do with the Bigger Pockets team. I walked my first 5K. You kind of had to walk because we're going through these mud fields. I mean, you couldn't really run or you would have been on your face the whole time. It was cool though. Yeah. For people who don't know it, the inflatable 5K is an actual like 5K race-ish. And uh, it's the gigantic inflatable jumpy things that you climb up obstacle courses. Yeah. It was was pretty cool. So check it out in your area. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. So today we've got uh, got an interesting show. We, we, We... talk about all sorts of stuff, really dig into uh, foreclosures and, and acquisition strategies. But before we get into that, uh, why don't we get today's quick tip? All right, today's quick tip is there is currently a sale running on the book on flipping houses and the book on investing in real estate with no loan money down. 10% off right now uh, when you do biggerpockets.com slash store and the code show128. Show one two eight one word like S H O W one two eight no spaces. When does that expire? That's ten percent off and expires in uh, one week from the day this comes out. So this comes out on the twenty fifth. It expires on July second. So if you want to get ten percent off either of those books on Bigger Pockets, not on Amazon, do it right now. So yeah. Anyway, to pick those up, just go to biggerpockets.com slash store. Again, that code is show one two eight. There you go. Quick, quick tip. Cool. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You've heard us talk about it before. High interest rates are crushing real estate investors, leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now. But with today's liquidity crisis, who can fill the demand? With Fundrise, America's largest direct-to-investor alternative asset manager, you have the opportunity to. Fundrise's new opportunistic private credit strategy was designed specifically for this new market environment. Fundrise supplies high-demand bridge financing on high-quality assets with credit-worthy borrowers. Top real estate investors get the funding they need while you walk away getting paid a healthy interest rate. To date, Fundrise has completed more than $500 million worth of private credit deals with an average net interest of 10.8%, and they've already amassed a pipeline worth more than $300 million. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can take advantage of this unique window of opportunity while it lasts with Fundrise's new private credit strategy. Ready to start? Go to Fundrise.com pockets to learn more. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash pockets. This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. 
Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. All right. That was quick and quick on your toes, Brandon. Nice one. Nice one. All right, guys. This is show 128. Thank you, everybody, for the ratings and reviews you guys have been leaving us. They're awesome. You know, today, is, I'm going to read a couple really quick ones. Bill Horton, great podcast with great info. Looking forward to many more. Thank you, Bill. Uh, Thanks, Bill. J.W. Haas says, the podcast is great, just like the website. These guys are interested in helping people learn without trying to sell something highly recommended. Um, thank you. Thank you, JW Haas. And this last one, uh, somebody was going to give us five stars, but gave us three because of our stupid jokes. And you know what? We, <laughs> we actually get that as feedback from time to time. But guess what, guys? We're going to give you the show that we want to give you. Um, Brandon and I are being real. We are who we are. We're not trying to come up with stupid jokes. We are just stupid people. I try. And so, uh, okay, maybe he tries. But <laughs> this is who we are. You, you, you I can't get tell what it. you get. It's, it's, and, uh, offensive. Yeah, don't do that one. So you get what you get. And we're going to be us. We're going to be real. And we're not going to you know, put on airs to, to kind of produce the perfect show for you. Because frankly, that's not who we are. That's not what we want to do. And you know, hopefully you respect us for that. If you don't, Hope you know maybe you won't tune in. Give us a three star rating. At least give us a rating. Well, they give us three star (laughs) rating. Yeah, give us. I don't care. Go give us a rating, even if it's three. Yeah. If you don't like me, help us out. Leave us a rating, and and you know, just make sure in your feedback you talk about Brandon's stupid jokes and not mine, because you know mine are pretty bad as well sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, with that, let's get to this. Today's show is with Anka Raider. She's been uh, a buy and hold investor focused on single family and small multifamily. It sounds like, and we'll find out a little bit more as we get into this, Anka's got some cool strategies for acquisition, really with a focus, it seems, on foreclosures. And so let's find out more about that and get into the show. All right, guys, she's officially my newest most favorite guest, thanks to the snarky comment she just threw at Brandon. <laughs> but let's bring her on. Anka Raider, welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. It's great to be here and an honor, and I'm glad to be talking to you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks well, for having me on. Thank you. And I love bigger pockets. <laughs> yes. You're the best. You're the best. Not just because you're my favorite guest, but because <laughs> of what you said before. Okay, thanks. Which we're going to leave all of our guests wondering what exactly this is. But uh, yeah, so Anka, welcome, welcome. Thanks for being here. And, and we are talking to you live in Romania. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Well, we're, that not, is we're a- not live in Romania, Josh. We're in Denver. Come on. That is true. <laughs> well, but Anka, Anka so is in, in Romania. Romania. Yes, yes. This might be our our most long distance show. So it's very exciting. But thank you for uh, taking the time to do this. And let's just jump right in. 
who are you? Like, how, how did you get into this whole crazy world that is real estate? Um, well, I've kind of always been a saver and um, moved to the States when I was 12. And I, in high school, I read The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as most people have. Nice. I wonder what percentage of your um, listeners yeah. have actually read that book. And that's how they got started. I know. We, should, anyway. do a, we should do a poll someday. <laughs> You should do it, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you, you said you moved to the States. Um, presumably, you're talking about moving to the States from Romania as well, yes? Yes, correct. Okay, great. Yeah, so I moved from Romania when I was 12. And anyway, so when I was in high school, I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And I just thought it was a great idea and something that I would really enjoy doing. So um, I kind of kept that in the back of my head and then went to college, went to grad school, figure out how to get into real estate and get a job. And nice. in 2007, I finally got a job working as an IT consultant. And that's about it for, for, the, for that. You had gotten your MBA, right? Yes, I do have an MBA and a BBA. Wow. Okay. So very impressive. Yeah, I'm pretty good at excelling. That's what my husband calls it. Using, <laughs> you know, ex- Excel sure, <laughs> to yeah, yeah. look at places. <laughs> All right, she's, <laughs> all right. So you 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 did all this stuff. You're 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 uh, doing an IT consultant. You got mm-hmm. your MBA, and you all along trying to think about like, what do I do? How do I get into this real estate world? Yeah. What happened from there? Um. Well, I got my license in 2005. At first, it just didn't know how, what to do. And then in 2007, when I started working, um, I started saving up more money. And because my dad has a construction company and he knows that I've been trying to figure out how to get into real estate, he offered to go 50-50 with me on an investment property. Okay. So, so Well, let's, let's, let's go there. So your dad trusts you for some reason. I mean, maybe it's the MBA, maybe it's the bloodline. <laughs> But you know, this guy says, "All right, I'm gonna give you go fifty fifty with you." It's yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he probably was putting up the money. Uh, no, we are fifty fifty partners, so fifty fifty. Nice cash, fifty fifty yeah. money. Okay, sorry, bad assumption. <laughs> Don't assume it makes yeah. an ass of you and me, and yeah. I just ass <laughs> myself. But okay. And uh, you guys go in together, and what was the strategy? What you know? What do you you know? What was the first? deal that you guys decided to do? Well, we bought a house, a single family home. Um, we closed on April 1st of 2008. So yeah. And then we've, and then we got, we bought it, we bought it with cash and we bought it under his name. And then by the end of the year, we were able, I, like we were both able to save enough money to where we bought a second house with cash on my name. So that's kind of how we got started. Okay. Nice. So buying them, why did you decide to go cash instead of using a loan on those first properties? We had some cash and we didn't know any better. (laughs) It's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people, yeah, yeah, a lot of people think you have to, you have to do one way or another. uh, But I don't think there has to be, there's a right or wrong way, right? Like there's something that works for some people and something that works for others. And uh, yeah, so I think that's cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I was didn't even know how to get any loans at that time, so we just jumped in, did the best we could do, and then with we did get loans after that. So um, the next step was my dad got a line, a home equity line of credit on his property, and then we were able to you know cash out and get two places on two more places with that loan. Let's talk about what uh, the home equity line of credit. Um, can you kind of explain what that is and how that how that exactly works? 
Um, sure. Well, it's just basically a loan where you can take money out on a property that you own free and clear. At least ours was free and clear. Okay, yeah. And so what we did is you don't have to take all the money out at once. You just kind of take it along as you go. And we just got like a something along a $95,000 line of credit. So we took some money out, bought a place, then fixed it up, rented it, then took some more money out, bought a place. Very hey, cool. Anka, what market are you working in? Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago. Okay, I was going to say Chicago for 90000 I would think we'd get you like a two-by-two two box, but... Uh, is this like Southwest suburbs, Northwest? No, it's not. Um, pretty much all our properties are within a 15-minute radius of where my parents live. Okay, got it. So, but starting in 2008, so the property got appraised at 150000 It's just what the loan, that's what the loan, sorry. If I'll, I'll repeat that. Uh, the property got appraised at 150000 but we just took out, we got about 90000 in a line of credit. Okay. Got it. Okay. Got and it, that, got it, got it. What can you tell us about that, you know, those first few purchases? Like, what were you looking for? Were they single family houses or, or what, what kind of properties were they? They were, yeah, they were all, well, three bedroom, one bath, single family homes. And we were just looking to find something that we could rent and we had the budget for. So at the time, the market was still going down. It was, like I said, I bought, we bought the first one in two, April 1st of 2008. So the market was still coming down. So we started buying at the time that, it was coming down. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I like to say, like, I, I, I started buying then too. My first one was 2007, 2008. And it was like a roller yeah. coaster, like buying on the way down. Uh, not sure where you're going to mm-hmm. hit the bottom, but you just, we just kept buying, hoping that we'd hit it sometime and start coming back up again. Luckily, we did eventually yeah. <laughs> hit bottom and come yeah. back up yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, yeah. Hey, I know you said your parents' house. I don't have your parents' address. So I have to ask, <laughs> what market is your parents' house in? Southwest Chicago. So it's uh, south- yeah, Southwest. But it's it's more west. It's yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And you said three ones. You guys are buying three ones. Um a, a lot of people say the bread and butter is the three three bedroom, two bath. Why why were you guys going for the three bedroom one bath? At first we it's just what was affordable. It, they were all foreclosures and okay. we were just starting to learn the real estate game. Got it. Sure. So foreclosures how are you buying them? Were, were you finding them on the MLS with the, these REOs? Were you getting them at auction? How are you acquiring these? Um, MLS. So we've been mainly buying MLS since then. I've bought some places at a live auction, online auction, short sales, but mainly MLS. Okay. And those are REO uh, foreclosures, correct? Correct. Okay. And so for those people who don't know what an REO foreclosure is, you're talking about a property that's been taken back by the bank. And uh, when they do, they clear all the liens. So it's, it's you know, you, you pick up that property. There's no liens attached to it. Um, it's definitively um, less risky than uh, an auction property that, you know, may have liens on it. Uh, but uh, that's, that's kind of the advantage of an REO. And, and so uh, these first properties that you acquired, did, did you know that? I mean, were you buying the REOs just, because you know they were foreclosures, were you buying them um, because you didn't know any better? I mean, what was kind of the the you know? We were buying them because they were the cheapest properties around. Okay. So yeah. At the end of the day, you were looking for cheap, and did you have any kind of idea on returns? Or again, you're like, I want to buy the cheapest property I could buy, and we'll figure the rest out later. Yeah, at the beginning, I 
I tried to run the numbers, but there wasn't really much like that many resources. At least I didn't see bigger pockets at the time. <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> so um, pretty much after we bought the first place, I started running the numbers. So I I came up with my own Excel after we bought our first place. Got it. Sure. Got it. Okay. Can, cool. Go ahead. Can I ask like? What kind of advice do you have for other people who might be listening, who are just starting out, maybe want to buy their first property? Like, what what did you learn during that process that you can help other people with? I've learned a lot during the, that first process, but what I would recommend for people that are starting out is what you've said too: is go more of the hack your housing route and buy a place where they could live in. Yeah. Now, I lived in the city, and so I was renting while I was buying investment property. Because I, I wanted to live downtown. I wanted to live in the city, but things were too expensive in the city. That being said, if people can af- live in the suburbs or somewhere where it's, um, I was going to say more affordable. Yeah, okay, if, yeah, they find yeah. a, if they live in a more affordable area, then just buy a duplex or a four flat. So, um, I, and I did that with uh, my husband's first loan. Uh, we got an FHA 203K, a four flat, and we bought it to live in. Um, hey, can, can you talk about that a little bit? The, the 203K loan, uh, what exactly is it? How does it work? And, and why is that an advantageous uh, type of loan for an investor? Uh, 203K loan is where you also get extra money to fix up the place. So it's advantageous because, for example, with the FHA 203K loan, we put 3.5% down, which I actually recommend knowing better now, uh, putting 5% down. But we put 3.5% down, and then we got 35000 on top of that of the original loan to fix up the place. Why 5 versus 3%? Um, the rules changed pretty much the week that we closed on our deal, on our place, but... um. Now, with a, if you put only 3.5% down, you can never get rid of your PMI. Interesting. So Interesting. even if you're, yeah so, yeah, so it's more of a 30-year commitment in terms of the PMI, the PMI payments. Unless, versus, of course, unless you, of so, course, you like refinance into a whole new loan, right? Yeah, but the interest rate is so low that I doubt by the time that happens that it'll be just as low. So it might just be worth keeping it as yeah. is and... Paying the rate. So, who would get a two or three k loan? Like, I mean, can I get one if I want to just buy a primary residence? Do, does a landlord pick up use that kind of uh, loan? Is it for flippers? Who who uses those? It's for people for um, own occupied places. So, uh, I got I got because I had already had a lot of um, experience in investing. But more as an investor, I never lived in any of my investments. I got this with my husband's loan, which is a tip that I would also recommend is, um, I don't know if many people know, I think it was mentioned for, um, as a couple, you can get four loans, but if you get them separately as individuals, even if you're married, you can get eight separate loans. Yeah. So anyway, so I already had four loans and I got my husband to get his first loan like that with a 203, FHA 203K and it's for unoccupied places. It's not for investors, as far as I know. So for just to clarify that so people, in case they don't know what you mean by four loans, so Fannie Mae, which is the largest buyer of mortgages in the country, uh, most of the loans that people go out and take uh, come from Fannie Mae. They end up, anyway, so Fannie Mae makes people fit inside this perfect box of you have to fit this, 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 and this. And one of Fannie Mae's requirements is we only want you to have four loans on your credit report. Anything more than that, we're going to be angry. And now Fannie Mae, or Freddie Mac, the other large buyer, will sometimes let you go up to 10 if it's the right bank and the right situation. But either way, you're capped at the 
those for having them on your, uh, you know, on your credit thing. So what you're talking about is that the marriage game. I played it as well. I love that, right? Like the, the rule is you can only have four on your, on your thing. So yeah, my wife has a few properties in her name. I have a few in my name and you know, we've, we've played that game as well. And there's nothing wrong about it. It's just, you have to fit within their rules and that's part of the game. We have to play to fit there. So anyway, I think that's awesome. And, uh, I'm also a huge advocate of the 203k loan. Uh, in fact, can I, can I plug here? Anka, can I plug on your show, my book? Oh, I'm going to oh, plug you. Oh, here. Oh, here, here, right. it goes, here it goes. All of chapter two, there well, all of chapter two is about house hacking and including a huge section on the 203k loan. So if people want to pick up that book, biggerpockets.com slash uh, what no was money. it? No money. Yeah. Biggerpockets.com slash no money. And all of chapter two is about house hacking, including a bunch on the 203k. So very cool. Which by the way, as we're recording this, I, I just have to oh, yeah. add this. You brag it, is, me? it is officially <laughs> the number one book in the real estate category on Amazon right now as we're speaking, which yep. we've never had happen before. Yeah. And so congratulations to Brandon for uh, being the number one Absolutely official number one best-selling author in the real estate category on nice. Amazon. Hey, you, right you now know, we, that you, might that may change in two months. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. And here's what we're going to do to celebrate. We've never done this before. Uh, to encourage people to comment on the show notes on this, I'm going to give away. We're going to give away two physical books mailed to your house of the book on investing in real estate with no loaning down to somebody who comments in the uh, so one, you know two different people can win in the comment section. So we're going to have Anka pick the best comment. Uh, we'll get what seven days maybe, and then the two best comments that can she I comment? you can comment as well. <laughs> and if you pick nice. your own, that's cheating. But uh, Anka, so you can get that. Yeah. Do that at biggerpockets.com slash show 128. That's biggerpockets.com slash show 128. Leave a comment and uh, you know, you'll know you get a chance to uh, win one of the two books of yeah. uh, Brandon's, uh, what is it called? Brandon, the book on investing in real estate with no and low money down. Low money down. There you go. The best book ever nice. written on Oh yeah, humankind. All right, moving on. Uh, so uh, let's see. So you did the 203K. You bought a four flat. Is that correct? You said? Um, or a fourplex yes. if you're in the rest of the U.S., not in Chicago, which is funny. Chicago calls them flats. I've argued this before. I've you know complained yep. about this before, but you're the only place in the country that four say unit. flat. Yeah, four units. What the rest of us say, but the rest of the world. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so you did that. Um, how many how many total properties do you have, or have you invested in now? Like overall, uh, thirty three at the moment, and nice. I have offers on three. So are you guys holding the thirty three properties right now? Mm-hmm. Still, you and your dad. So, okay. Um, I'm a little younger and a little more aggressive than my dad. So we have, I have basically three different companies. One with my dad and I 50-50, one with just by myself and one with my husband now. Wow. Okay. Okay, okay. Very cool. And so are you, are you primarily, I mean, is this is what you do for a living now, right? You, you buy rental properties, you hold on to them and you take the cash flow and are expanding that, uh, that business or, or are you working while you're doing all this? I've had a full-time job until March of this year. Okay. So I've been work. I was had a, had a full-time job during the whole time that I was do- investing, and I didn't want to quit my job until I pretty much replaced my job from passive income and real estate. Got it. And Got it. How long did that take? Seven years. Seven years. Right on. So for those people who are like, "Hey, I'm going to be a real estate investor and buy and hold property, and then I'm going to quit my job in like six weeks," um, you're playing the long game. Yeah, I my tip for to them is wait, don't do it. You yeah. know, I mean, invest in real estate, but don't quit. Keep your day job. And why why <laughs> should they do that? I mean, why keep your day job? What advantages uh, did you find that the, having the day job uh, gave to you? 
Uh, just being able to leverage. I don't. I could not have leveraged if I would not have kept my day job. So the, like, I just made enough income from my regular job to where I was still, regardless of what happened with the properties, I was still a good bet. And once I got to the point where I didn't really need my job anymore, the business was making money and was supporting itself. Then I started feeling comfortable with quitting my job. I still didn't quit for six plus months after that. Got it. Got it. So now that you've quit your job, and I'm assuming you're, has your husband quit his job as well? Um, yes, temporarily. Um, he's here with me. Um, my grandparents raised me, so I took the time off as soon as I had some freedom to spend some time with them. I love that. That's cool. So that's why I'm in Romania. Okay. Oh, yes. Nice. So I love I love the fact that you you know because people work so hard to achieve their goals with real estate. I love the fact that you you know after you achieve that goal of quitting your job, you know you went and traveled the world, or at least went and traveled back home to your um, I don't know native land. Is that the word? <laughs> I think that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And we've been traveling too. Um, my husband's bike is here, his motorcycle. So we've been riding around. We went to Moldova. We went to Ukraine. Transnistria. That's These are great. all places in a, in a in a land called Europe. To all the Americans <laughs> yeah. listening who don't know anything about what you're talking about, because we're very uh, very much self centered sure. people here in America, <laughs> which we so, shouldn't yeah. be, but you know we are. That's so, very cool. So you yeah, actually took a motorcycle. Yeah, cool. You guys did like a motorcycle trip around uh, Europe. That's so Eastern cool. Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, my. Husband did a motorcycle trip from South Africa to Norway a couple of years ago. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome! So, and he left his bike here, so and my grandparents' house. So, we, the bike was already here. So, why not? That's <laughs> oh, great. Nice, nice. That's very cool. All right, cool. so well, let's let's talk more about your business. Uh, yeah. Let's rewind a little bit. You said thirty something units. The first bunch you you did on your own. You've got partnerships. I mean, what happens? Yeah, you know, to those people who don't know, what happens when you hit your four limit and your husband hits his four limit and now, where do you go? What do you, your dad hits his four unit? What? How do you? How do you move forward? Um, get into commercial loans. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, and for, I guess a, a tip would be for people to look at small local banks for loans. It took me a while to figure that out. So what I ended up doing and how I found the two banks that I work with in Chicago is um, there's Crane's list of top 100 local banks, and I just copied that, put an Excel spreadsheet, got the addresses, got the phone numbers. So I could also find which bank is closest to me and then just started calling them during lunch. And what do you ask them when you call them? Um, I call, well, I ask to speak with a commercial banker and then I ask uh, if they offer commercial loans on residential property and if they do, what type of loans? Because I don't just want to get a loan, I want to get the best option possible, but also get a bank that's close to around where we live. Oh, nice. Around where my yeah. dad lives. That's, and what does the best option possible mean? I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you know, is that just interest rate or are you looking for anything else beyond that? Interest rate and also the term of the loan. So there's different banks do like, let's say amortized over 20 years, but then it balloons over five years or maybe it's fixed for 15 years or that kind of stuff. So because I'm pretty risk adverse for a real estate investor, I try to... I, well, I try to find a bank that not only gives me a good rate, but also gives me a longer term on the loan. You know, I, I just want to like point out what you did that I think is so awesome that I think our listeners should do. If you guys are struggling to get a loan or you're having trouble, you know, do, I mean, 
that is so cool. You went and got a list of about a hundred banks, wrote down their phone numbers for everyone and called everyone. I mean like, or you just started making phone calls. I mean like that is such like an action step that people are like, I don't know what to do. I can't get a loan. And then they go and play their video games or watch TV, right? Like like, that's so cool. Like you just, I don't know. So that's a just tip for people. If they're, if they're struggling to get loans, just do what you did there. And uh, yeah, I think that's awesome and that you found that. So what kind of, um, I guess what kind of, maybe you kind of said this, but what kind of terms are you, are you actually getting? I mean, are you getting 15 year? Are you getting, you know, a five year balloon payment? What kind of things are you, are you seeing? Well, I'm using two different banks, but the one that um, I got the better terms that I liked and I like to work with is um, 20 year AM, um, but then a seven year fixed rate. Okay. That's so not I bad. thought that was a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. And are you, you know, with a 20 year AM or, you know, so for people who don't know, like the loan is spread out over 20 years. Uh, a lot of times residential spread out over 30. So with a 20, you're probably seeing less cash flow because your payment is a lot higher. Uh, is that, a, I mean, is that a, is that what you are noticing? Are you still seeing cash flow anyway? Or are you in this more for appreciation or loan pay down now? Um, I'm mainly a cash flow investor. But still, I mean, the all the places minus the first one we bought cash flow pretty well. <laughs> okay. Wow, that's great. Well, I mean, can we talk about that? I mean, could, yeah, I'd love to hear kind of typical numbers or, or you know, an example of one of the properties that you know is your kind of average, you know, cookie cutter Anka Raider uh, investment property. So, you know, can you potentially pick one out and, and tell us about it? Sure. I'll, I'll speak about one of my favorites. Well, we have three of those, but um, uh, it's a four flat. So they're four flats. Um, what I like to do rather than flipping is what I call flip to myself, uh, which is buy a place, like a foreclosure, fix it up, like rehab it, rent it out, then get a loan on it, then get it appraised yep. and get a loan on it. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And um, one example is, um, uh, like I said, a four flat, um, which we bought for... 85,000 and but and we put 20,000 in repairs. Now the 85,000, I mean, it was in pretty rough shape. When we went in to look at it, there was ice on the floor <laughs> in the bedroom and ice on the wall. <laughs> nice. Nice. Ice. Where you know Brandon's got this mystery where he's got a water spot <sighs> in one of his apartments in the middle of the floor and nobody has figured out where yeah. this is coming from. Where where pray tell is the ice coming from? Well, it was winter. The pipes burst, uh-huh. and uh, th- yeah, the water was still on. I guess it wasn't winterized, and yeah, there there was like a sheet of ice on the wall, and wow. uh, so you could pretty much skate on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That is that's nice. pretty great. All right, so the stra- right. I was gonna say the strategy you're talking about is yeah, something okay. I like to call the Burr strategy. I made that up a few months ago, uh, like B R R R R, which is the buy. Uh, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Um, and basically, it sounds like what you're doing. You bought it, you fixed it up, you rent, yeah. uh, rehabbed it, and then you rented it out, and then you got to get a loan on it uh, and get all your money back or most of your money back or whatever, and then go and do it again. Uh, it's just a really solid yeah. thing. I, I did a webinar on it um, back, what, a month ago? Uh, and uh, we have a pro replay room that like pro members can go and watch all the old webinars. So if you're a pro member, biggerpockets.com slash pro replay, uh, go look for the uh, webinar. It's like an hour and 20 minutes on how to invest in fixer upper rentals using the Burr strategy. So anyway, just thought I'd let, yeah, if you are a pro member, go check that out today. It's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, so where do you want to go, Josh? Where do you want to go? Well, from I want to talk more about the, I mean, the, the, yeah. the numbers. So I mean, what, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. you say cash flow, you get a 20 year, you know, yeah. uh, am on this. What, 
you know, you paid, what'd you say, 85, put 20 85, in? But no, 40 can repairs. Now, um, yeah, my dad's guys work, do the rehab. So it's probably a little cheaper than if you outsource the work, sure. so to speak. Um, so we, so we're pretty much a total of 125K in. Um, it got appraised at 180. So we basically got a 130K loan on it. Yep. So we got in, we, we were 25% equity plus... We got five thousand extra dollars, but of course, we're actually using that to reinvest in other property. And the place is rented for eight fifty for apartment, so that's thirty five hundred a month. Wow! Oh, it's eight fifty per apartment for four. Wow! Wow! Those are some where, incredible where cash flows. Yeah, I mean, I'm moving. I'm, I'm going to move my investing there. Do were those like incredible deals, or are those fairly common? Or um, I got those getting harder to find. I'm assuming they're not that common, but I. Check them my last 24. Like, I check it pretty much every other minute. Okay, not really that often. I check it pretty often, though. <laughs> like, before I go to bed. And that I was, a, that was an REO MLS deal yeah. on the... Wow. Yes, but what I typically do um, is, even though I have my license, I've had my real estate license for a year, what I typically do is call the selling agent, sure. have them show me the place, and give them the commission. Yep. That way, they're more likely to have me... To so to have me buy the place. Yeah, that's an that's an amazing tip, and that you know I think somebody said that a long time ago, but I'll, we'll just repeat it here. Yeah, that idea. If you are an agent, or even if you're not an agent, if you work with the selling agent, they get double the commission. They have double the incentive to sell it to you. You know, and I, of course, technically, an agent isn't supposed to steer you know one buyer or the seller to accept one buyer versus another. But we all know it. I mean, this, these are people, and so if if an agent's got two deals on their desk and one is you know, going to give them double the commission, naturally they're going to be a little more inclined to hurry up and get that offer submitted. And, you know, all those things that maybe are, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if it's illegal or not, but they do it. Like it's common. I mean, you're allowed to double book a, a property, but you're definitely not supposed to, you know, steer uh, the, you know, you have to still act in the best interest of the client. Yeah. The best interest of the client is the, the person who's going to close, not just the person who's going to give you the biggest commission check. So, yeah. but I, you know, but I pe- see it all the time. Still people still do it. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a great tip. Yeah. Monica. Well, that's a great deal. That's really, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, well, who, can I ask who, I'm mani- curious. I was going to say, can I ask who manages that property? Like all of your properties? Sure. Uh, my dad does. Okay. Okay. So that's cool. So you guys manage so, everything as well. Yeah, well, he does. I more handle the Excel. acquisition. Uh, the, yeah, <laughs> the acquisitions, the long-term planning, that kind of stuff. Financing. Yep, got it. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. 
netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. Are you about to sell a property? Wait like 60 seconds because this could save you thousands. Our friends at 1031 Pros have saved their clients more than half a billion dollars with a B in taxes with 1031 tax deferred exchanges. With the 1031 exchange, you can say goodbye to the huge capital gains taxes when selling and roll your property's profit into another investment that could make you even more. Whether you're an individual investor, part of a larger group, or a title or real estate agent, 1031 Pros is ready to help. Trust me, I've done 1031 exchanges on multiple properties before, and it has saved me tens of thousands in taxes, if not more. With over 30 years of experience, 1031 Pros has handled over 20,000 audit-free exchanges, and they specialize in all types of exchanges, delayed, simultaneous, reverse, and improvement exchanges in all 50 states. And right now, Bigger Pockets listeners can get $250 off any exchange by visiting my1031pros.com slash BP. That's my1031pros.com slash BP to get $250 off today. Oh, and make sure to mention Bigger Pockets when you call. They take care of our people over there. Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG, that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential, tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot com slash B-P-P-O-D. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Okay. I, I want to go into to your you know, buy strategy. So this one was, was REO, MLS. Uh, a bunch of the early ones you said were REO, MLS. But you also had talked about going to auction. Um, are you purchasing properties from websites like auction.com or Hubzoo? Or are you just buying at the courthouse steps? L- l- can we dig into that a little bit? Well, I've done all three actually, except, uh, okay, so I bought one live. I've bought one from auction.com and I've bought one from hubzoo.com. Okay. I've not yet bought something from home search. Okay. okay. Can you, so, so can Sorry, can you just explain just the cut, difference just between the me. three? I'm going to cut you just off. Cut. I'm going to cut you off every time. I was going there every time. It was my turn to well, talk. Well, it's more important that I and ask you're the question. Keep doing this I'm I'm better looking because it's my I talk turn. clear. I'm clearly better. <laughs> All right, Anka. So let's talk about. Let's start with Hubzoo. Really good. <laughs> let's start. Okay, sorry. Can we start with Hubzoo? Sure, I'll stop. Wow, you know. <laughs> hey, Anka, you guys, let's talk guys, about Hubzoo. Do you want me to leave? Do you guys need a room? I yeah, mean, we can talk ourselves. You can go over there. I'll, I'll handle this interview. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I... I uh, get a little aggressive here. <laughs> I want to know about uh, Hubzoo. Since Josh asked that, I'm going to ask it better. <laughs> Tell me about what? Hubzoo. Uh, what, what exactly is Hubzoo and should I be using it? It's an online auction site where um, houses pretty much keep on getting relisted every seven days. So let's say, for example, at least for the ones that I, that I keep an eye on, um, 
the the house that we ended up buying and we closed down in February, I've been keeping. I was keeping an eye on. I was keeping an eye out on the house since pretty much June or July of last year. So it just the price kept on changing, kept on going back up, down. It's like at the time when it was first at auction, it just wasn't low low enough to where it was worth buying. But yeah. So are people so, explain that to sorry. me because you said it goes up, it goes down. This thing goes on the market. It goes to Hubzoo. Hubs- that. That's okay. It goes to Hubzoo. We're gonna keep talking here. It goes to Hubzoo. Right. This thing goes lists. Yeah. There's is there a reserve or is there no reserve? There is a reserve. Okay, so there's a reserve. So say a property goes on the market, the reserve price is say a hundred thousand dollars. Nobody bids a hundred thousand dollars, so it doesn't sell. How I, I don't really understand somebody raising the price at that point uh, or a website raising the price. I mean, do you, is that typical? Well, the price changes. I mean, they relist it every seven days. Even if nobody bids on it. Why do they really? So, I guess I'd have to get the guy from Hubzoo yeah, here to talk about yeah, that. Actually, I, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I just idea, know how, how it works. I, yeah. Sure. So I, I, yeah, so it, it gets relisted every seven days. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, there, I need to look into that more because I know that some properties in my areas have been listed on Hubzoo and I'd never bother to even how do they pursue them because I've never done it and it scares me and I'm afraid and sometimes I cry and so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Well, it was pretty a pretty um, good experience. I've bid on Hubzoo places more than once. It's just that I only got one out of the several ones that I bid on. Okay. And it's because sometimes even though there is a reserve and even if, let's say, you have the highest bid at the end of the auction, they might still come back to you. The bank, even depending on what the reserve is, they might come back to you and counter. And if and maybe the counter is too high and... Then you might not want to sure. take so, the place. So, can you look at these properties? Can you visit them? Can you walk in, or are you bidding sight unseen? You can look at them. Um, I do have uh, my license, so I can just get the code right on the site. You just click on the view code Got link. It. And for somebody who does not have a license, they can have an agent show them the places. Okay, that's good to know. So it's not like you know the courthouse steps where you know you may not have a chance to see these properties before you're bidding on them. Correct. Okay, cool. So, um, so that's Hubzoo. I'm looking at it right now. You just, you know, you've got time, you've got bid, you know, it gives you kind of basic details. You could click the view detail link here and it's got pictures and MLS ID. So these are, uh, these are properties that are actually listed on the MLS. Most of the time I've noticed that some of them are not listed on the MLS. They're just on Hubzoo. Got it. Okay. Okay. It probably depends on the agent. Makes sense. What, what about auction.com? Are, is it similar? No, it's not similar. Okay. And they typically just have the price keep on going up and up and up to where with Hubzoo, you just bid. And if, if nobody bids, nothing happens. But with auction.com, it seems that the price goes up whether or not somebody bids on the place. Interesting. To meet the minimum reserve, potentially. For example, uh, we actually bought a house that was at auction.com. I kept an eye on it. It went up to 100000 and it said that it sold or it went up to a hundred thousand, but several months later, I saw it on the market on the MLS for sixty nine thousand. Really? And bought it for sixty eight. <laughs> That's funny. So maybe maybe they listed it on there, and it. I've I've heard complaints about like certain auction sites like bidding automatically that may not have actually been a bid. I don't remember what auction sites they were, but certain ones say that there's like phantom bids that the company just does. I don't know if that was a case or not, but. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's what seemed to be the case because I've been also keeping an eye on auction.com just to alert, to see how the system works. Sure. So I did buy a place on auction.com um, 
and that's just like even every it just kept on bidding every like even maybe a hundred and a hundred dollar increments and then i ended up getting the place but yeah yeah cool right on right on and how do you let's jump lastly to the courthouse steps you said you've purchased from the courthouse steps yes okay well um courthouse steps as in uh, the judicial sales group okay got it and And what was that like tell us the experience okay um we there's just um an office in Chicago, and it's the it's the Judicial Sales Corporation. And we went in. You had to go there thirty minutes ahead of time, sign up, have your cash. You have to you have to have enough to at least twenty five percent of what the price of the property, what the max is that you're willing to bid. And different properties came up for sale, and they started with the bank minimum bid. And people either bid and raise the price, or if not, the bank got them. And with the property that we got, there were a couple of bidders. So we went several thousand, maybe about 15,000 over the original bank asking price or minimum bid. So when they say cash, do you literally have to show up with a pile of actual hard cash currency, $50 bills, $100 bills, or is it like a cashier's check? It's a cashier's check. Okay. So you have to, you, you might as well, you might want to give them, you might want to get different increments of checks just because if you, if it's 25%, you might want to get three or four $5,000 checks or something like that to give them. But, but don't walk around bid, with a stack of twenties, right? Don't. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. 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 All right. So now on these properties, are you able to see them beforehand or, or not? You're not supposed to. But you can kind of. Meaning that. <laughs> there's ways to But if there's see. a way to get in and you happen to see it <laughs> I would just call it doing your due diligence. Okay. Gotcha. So if the door is wide open and you're walking by and you happen to see you know, look in the front door while it's open, you can see some stuff about it. I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so what's the danger? I'm not going to comment at all. <laughs> the danger is that you... Well, uh, not, not the danger the of door. walking in and getting shot by someone who's still living in their property, which they're usually vacant at that point. But uh, what's the danger of buying in an auction? I mean, like, what should people be worried about if they go to an auction to buy? They might not even know. For example, Chicago is really strict in terms of village requirements. So uh, the specific house we bought... Um, needed $8,000 worth of um, work in terms of the water line. Okay, so there could be a lot so, of like, un- the danger is definitely in uh, not knowing, I mean, what you're going to get. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be wrong or a lot of requirements that like, once you get in there, you have to bring it up to a certain code and you didn't know. And so there can definitely be some risk there. Um, but, you know, if, mm-hmm. if more risk, more reward, I guess. Well, do you guys recommend auctions for new investors or is it something that probably should be left for those people who've been in the biz, who kind of know a little better, who have the capacity to, yes, I'm spoon feeding the answer to you, uh, who, (laughs) (laughs) you know, better be smarter and know the business better before they start doing this. Yeah, we were pretty much at like our 25th property. So we are at 33 unit uh, properties, but almost 60 units now. So we were already 25 properties in plus by the time we started looking into auctions. Got it. Crazy. That's great. So I would not recommend it to a newbie just because there's a lot of risk. And if that's your first deal and you get burned, you might not get a second deal. Yeah, I I hear you. I think I I tend to hear, like I've talked to investors before that do a lot of auctions and they kind of look at it as a, a numbers game in that like, they're like, we know that one out of 
you know, or two out of every 10 are going to lose money. But we know the other ones are going to be better. And so we play like they risk knowing that a certain percentage will be bad, but the good ones will make up for it. And so if you're brand new and you're only going to buy one property, let's say 20% are bad. You have a 20% chance of buying a property that's going to sink you. Uh, I mean, that. so it's just there's a risk there. And people that can buy a lot of properties can overcome that risk purely because of the volume that they buy in. Uh, and so I'm not, yeah, I don't necessarily say don't buy if you're new, but you know, be careful and uh, make sure you do due diligence. And if you're unsure, you don't want to take that risk or you can't afford to take the risk, then don't do it. So uh, before, right. we, before we move on and go to the uh, fire round, I wanted to ask you about you're currently in Romania, but you mentioned earlier before we got on the call that you were currently working on, you know, making some offers and, and doing some. I mean, that's a long way. That's a long distance to be investing in real estate while you're overseas. Um, do you have any tips for other people who might be, you know, whether or not overseas or maybe just across the country? I mean, how do you invest in real estate when you're at a long distance like that? Well, I've we already have a team in place. So we already, we have the same people that have been doing the rehabs, they've been doing the flips, the property, ma- I mean, the flip to yourself, not actual flips, um, have been doing the property management and my dad kind of handles that. So it's really not a problem. I would not buy something sight unseen, but that's just me. And um, I would really do a lot of research before buying something across the country. Since I've been here, we have closed on two duplexes. Nice. Even if I wasn't in the, even if I wasn't in the states, but I had a, we were already seen the places. They were under contract. Cool, congratulations. Yeah. Um. Thanks. Nice. That's great. That's great. Um. Okay. Awesome. One more. And and good advice, by the way. I mean, I yeah. I think you know. I mean, sight unseen is is definitely dangerous, and and I think you know when when you're new, it's probably a bad idea. As you as you get smarter, obviously, it makes more sense. And if you're willing to spend ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred thousand on a place, you should be willing to spend a couple hundred bucks on a plane ticket to check out the place in the area. That is true. Very good advice. That That's is. a tweetable topic. That is right there. I like that. Um, all right. So yeah. my official last question before the fire round: What are your future plans? Like, where where do you see yourself going in the future with your investing? I would like to get to the point where where um, I'm investing in apartment complexes and commercial buildings. So I'm slowly trying to grow to get the business to the point where it's not that big of a deal to start buying a 50 unit versus a six unit. Cool. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, listen, uh, it's great. It seems like you've got a good strategy. You know, you've, you've come a long way and, and uh, congratulations on, on all the success. And uh, why, don't, why don't we move forward to the fire round and we can uh, kind of dig in a little bit deeper and ask some questions. So it's time for the fire round. All right. Uh, question number one of the fire round is I'm going to let's see. Where is it? I just saw it. Uh, oh, yeah. I just passed my real estate license exam. What's my next step? I'm an investor. I just passed my license. What's my next step? What should I do with my license now that I have it? You need to find a company to work for. Ideally, you would look for a real estate company that um, has other real estate agents that are investors. I just used my aunt because she had a company, so that's kind of the route I went. Okay. I like that tip, though, about looking for a company that has other people that are uh, investors in that company. I think that's very, very smart. Nobody's ever said that, I don't think, on the show. So, yeah, very yeah, cool. We haven't heard that. And, and yeah, and I, I think uh, if your focus is going to be that, then you definitely want to do that. There's, there's a whole lot of 
um, brokerages that know nothing. You know, I mean, the brokers don't know anything. The agents there know nothing. I mean, you want to be around people who know what they're doing as it pertains to uh, investors. So great, uh, great advice. Um, just as a tip, just because you have your license doesn't mean that you still cannot give the commission away. It might be helpful to still give the commission to the selling agent, even though you could get the commission in the long run. It might be worth it to give it away so you can have the place. I love that. Yeah. I almost feel like getting my license just for that reason. Like that, just for that alone is being able to do that. I think that's great. So cool. All right. Next question. Right on, Josh. Right on. Next question. I'm looking to finance my first rental property. The owner is going to sell me at $35,000 if I can come up with the financing. What's the best way to finance rental properties? So forget the numbers. What's the best way to finance rental properties? If they have good credit and don't have any loans, I would say just go to a regular bank. But otherwise, if you have four loans or more, you should just get a commercial, try to get a commercial loan on it. That being right. said, 35000 is kind of low to yeah. get a commercial loan. Yeah. 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 You may have a hard time with a loan that's small, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. I can ask, what would you do in that so, case? Thirty-five grand. if you didn't have the cash, do you have any good ideas? I might try to ask some friends or family potentially to begin with. If I didn't have any cash, I didn't have a good credit. But what I would do nowadays is just um, get a couple of properties and get a bulk loan on it. Okay, cool. Very cool. And that, that, that's one of the benefits of commercial loans too, is that they can be a little more creative with that idea of let's package two or three properties together and loan on that. I mean, commercial is just so much more creative than residential loans. So another benefit. But next question is, do I have to have an LLC in order to get financing through a hard money lender or a private lender? Do I have to have an LLC? You don't have to have an LLC, but it would be helpful just in general for your protection. That being said, a hard money lender wouldn't necessarily care if it wasn't an LLC because you would still be held responsible for the loan anyway. Sure. And I know a lot of banks will like, you know, give you a hard time over, you know, a lot of banks won't lend to you if you're trying to buy it with an LLC. Uh, But hard money lenders generally are a little more willing to do LLC lending because, yeah, like you said, they understand that you're still responsible. They know how it works. They're investors themselves. They get it. Uh, So, yeah, I I think your advice is spot on. Right on. Right on. Cool. All right. Next question. Uh, This is directly from the forums. Actually, I saw it today, so I thought I'd ask it. It's, uh, I made an offer on a fourplex. Now, how do I negotiate? So, I guess, do you have any good tips on negotiating on multifamily properties? Have you ever done any negotiation with them? I typically just figure out what I want to pay for the property and kind of base my offer on that versus negotiating because sometimes it's listed for more than it's worth. Sometimes it's listed for less. So you just have to figure out what the property is worth. Yeah. That's actually kind of my strategy too. I figure out what it's worth and I offer that. And then they, they come back and they're like, you know, I tried to negotiate and I'm like the worst negotiator because I'm like, no, I, j- I did my numbers. I already gave you my best number. Like I just, that's what I, that's what I pay is what it's worth. And well, the, yeah, and if they don't like work? it, it generally works well for me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you just negotiated. Congratulations. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's my negotiation is yeah. take it or leave it. This is my best price. What do you want to do? So there you go. Sounds like you're kind of right similar on. there, Anka. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on, I guess, to our world famous. Famous for. All right, the famous four, these are questions we ask every one of our guests. And so we're going to throw them at you right now. Number one, what is your favorite real estate related book? Well, I read and listen to a lot of books and I try to, to 
think of a book that hasn't been mentioned and that I think is pretty cool. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography. It's called It's Total Recall, My Unbelievably True Life Story. Very cool. I don't want to give too much away, but it does involve real estate. That's what so I heard. It's it a great, yeah. It's a great book. Does, and I think does. whoever reads it will be inspired to do more. Cool. Well, I, I'll we, have to we pick actually, that up. actually... We've been trying to get Arnold for the we for have. the podcast, and and uh, hopefully, if anyone's listening hopefully, and is yeah. connected to Arnold uh, and wants to put a good word in, uh, we we would certainly love to have Arnold come in and and talk about his real estate background because it sounds like that's uh that's one of those things that he was into before he became huge and and uh, anyway, cool story, but. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. Good, good book books. Good suggestion. Good suggestion. Let, let's go to business books. What's your uh, favorite business book? Again, I'm trying to use one that hasn't been said. Um, it's The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Hill. And it just talks about in order to succeed, one needs to take action, to be persistent, to learn from their failures versus being defeated by it. Okay. So, cool. And I think those are some pretty good rules of thumb for any real estate investor and entrepreneur to live by. Very cool. Nice. I like it. Never heard of that one. It's great. Yeah. Um, what about hobbies? What do you do for fun, Anka? Real estate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there it is. And That's traveling, it. And traveling the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Motorcycling. Well, and when I'm not, yeah, when I'm not focused on real estate, I do like spending time with my family, traveling, reading, learning, and um, drawing. As drawing. Some sort. Cool. Cool. You should draw a picture of Brandon. We'll you should draw a picture hands. of me. Okay. That'd be a pretty <laughs> awesome picture. I'll tell you. Uh, scary. Random story about a picture of me. So I was in a, a play, like a community theater when I was a senior in high school. And for this play, there was, I was like the, I don't know, I was like supposed to be like the dead like grandfather or something like that. Anyway, so they took a picture of me and then they had a painter, like a, I think it was like a computerized painting of like four feet by four foot picture of me, a portrait of me like as a, uh, I don't know, to put above the fireplace on the scene, on the stage. Anyway, after the play was done, they gave me this gigantic poster like of me, like big, huge framed so I took this in college and I would randomly go place it in the girls' dorm room, like around my college, just in like hanging on the wall, <laughs> this four foot portrait of Brandon Turner. It was pretty awesome. And I, I think I still have it somewhere in my parents' garage or something. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll try to that's find awesome. that. And, I don't know. Show it on BP. Anyway, moving on. Is that your pickup strategy? That is my, that's how, that is how <laughs> I got my wife. That is exactly oh, how it, stop. yep. I hung it in her room right above her bed. So she woke up in the middle of the night and it was there. And no, I didn't, I didn't do that's that. That's not but. creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, uh, you ask hobbies, it's my turn, right? Okay. Yeah, uh, what do you, Anka? What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Setting goals, taking informed action, and being persistent. Good. Three, three out of three. Perfect. 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 Anka, where can people find out more about you? On Bigger Pockets, and also on uh, thesummeroff.com. 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 Cool. cool. All right. We'll link to your profile in the show notes at uh, biggerpockets.com slash show128. And Anka, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was Anka Raider. Big thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. If you've got questions for Anka, jump on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show128. And be sure to leave a comment there because we will be picking 
two guests, two commenters, and uh, be giving away uh, a copy of Brandon's book to two people who leave a comment on the show notes. So if you're one of them, you might get a free book. Yep. Check it out. Get on there. Leave feedback. Leave comments. Ask questions. Whatever you want to do. And uh, you know, we appreciate you doing that. Brandon, you had something you wanted to add. That's oh, I had, an, I had no, I had an idea. You and I should take. I know. Thank you. You and I should take a motorcycle trip around Eastern Europe. Wouldn't that be fun? Can I? Can we go like next week? Can I be? On, can I get behind you? No, I am. Yeah. Have you guys seen that music video with uh, Seth uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco on their motorcycle? It yeah. is the best music video you'll ever see. It's the funniest thing. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, anyway, that'll be you and me. And Excellent. That'll Excellent. be funnier be, when you when you driving. see that music video. You'll. Yeah. 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 You'll be nice. driving. That's right. All right. Uh, let's get Excellent. out of here. Uh, you want to take us out? Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Check out Bigger Pockets at biggerpockets.com. Jump in, get connected, get engaged. And uh, we'll see you next week on the show on Bigger Pockets podcast. Check out our old episodes at biggerpockets.com slash podcast. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Check out all our. Check out our old. Check our. (laughs) We'll put this in the outtakes. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.